Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. This is Nick Medelsky, Listener Relationship Coordinator for Real Presence Radio in Southern Minnesota, coming to you live from St. James Coffee in wonderful Med City, Rochester, Minnesota. Snowing a little bit outside, a little bit windy on the way over. Uh, It's going to be a pretty cold one out today. Hopefully it decides to warm up a little later on, but of course it is mid-January in Minnesota, so I don't know what else me or anyone else was expecting. (laughs) Like I said, welcome again this morning to Real Presence Live. We've got a great show up today, a lot of exciting things we're going to talk about. Uh, Catholic schools, uh, vocations, uh, social services, and uh, social justice as well today. So a lot of interesting topics, and even uh, our final interview of the show is a very exciting um, RCIA uh, experience, RCIA story. So A lot of exciting things to talk about today, but before we get started, we should start things in prayer. And uh, today is the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, the famous uh, spiritual writer and uh, a lot of other wonderful things he did for the church. And I thought we'd start with a prayer from him uh, called the um, Be at Peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Do not look forward in fear to the changes in life. Rather, look to them with full hope that as they arise, God, whose very own you are, will lead you safely through all things. When you cannot stand it, God will carry you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same understanding Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. He will either shield you from suffering or will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. Amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is born. Glory to Jesus Christ. Again, welcome to Real Presence Live, uh, coming to you from St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. That was a beautiful reflection from St. Francis de Sales, whose feast day it is today. And I thought that was a nice way to start out uh, the show today, especially uh, with all of the news coming from Ukraine uh, over the weekend and over the past week. A lot of Frightening things happening there. In fact, uh, Pope Francis has declared this coming Wednesday as a day of prayer for peace in Ukraine. So if you could remember that and keep Ukraine in your prayers. Uh, The people of Ukraine, um, they're facing a a lot of challenges right now. So if you could keep them in your prayers, that would be wonderful. Shifting back to the content of today's show, our first interview is, as you may know, Catholic Schools Week is coming up next week. So we thought we'd get a head start on uh, talking about Catholic schools. And my first guest is LaCosta Porter, Potter, pardon me, <laughs> LaCosta Potter, the Director of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Crookston. Welcome, LaCosta. Good morning, Nick. Hi, thanks for having me on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Um, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves before we get started uh, going through the rest of the interview? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um 
Uh, I'm a wife, a mother of three, a lifelong student and learner, um, and education was a calling for me, a second career choice, and so I really feel blessed to be doing what I'm doing each and every day. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a resident of northern Minnesota, up here enjoying the beautiful, sunny, extremely chilly weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, excited to be here, so thank you. Well, wonderful. Thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the role you play uh, within the Diocese of Crookston? Yeah, absolutely. So the Diocese of Crookston is relatively small in comparison to some of our other dioceses across the state of Minnesota. And so, of course, as with any other organization, when you're a little small, many hats come with the job role. Um, So (laughs) whether it's ensuring our our 160 teachers have up-to-date licenses and are current Mm -hmm. on all of that stuff, or it's sitting down with our school leadership team talking about a seven- and a ten-year curriculum plan. Um, it really encompasses uh, the masses, if you will. Um, but it's, it's been fantastic so far. Um, I, I really do see myself as a liaison between all of the schools um, to, to ensure that our nine schools aren't acting independently, but we're networking together and we're building off some of those wonderful things and, and expertises that are happening at each location. So, uh being that being that point um, between all of them, the, the commonality and, and bringing all of our collective wisdom and our collective expertise together to share. A lot of juggling and a and a lot of hats, but uh, a lot of important work uh, too that needs to be done. Um, how long have you been involved in uh, education, and how long have you worked uh, for the diocese in this role? Yeah, I've been in K twelve education. This is uh, my nineteenth my nineteenth year. It's hard to believe when you think back on it, so you have to start counting. But it's been fantastic. I've been absolutely blessed with experiences and opportunities. In fact, my first teaching job was in the diocese, um, in a public school system, but on the Red Lake Indian Reservation. Um, Mm. And a rewarding and learning experience. Um, From there, uh, I went down to uh, the Twin Cities area and received my master's degree while teaching and working at Brooklyn Center Schools. But but really, truly blessed with opportunities throughout those 19 years, um, from the Midwest to the state of California most recently, and, oh. and, and, back, and back home, I call it. So this opportunity arose um, in this past summer in June, and so I've only been with the uh, Diocese of Christian for six months, and uh, mm. signed on July 1st officially. So. Ah. Well, welcome. We're, we're about, uh, I started with RPR about the same time, so... Uh, <laughs> Both relative uh, time-wise there. Um, so is this your, your first um, opportunity to get involved with specifically Catholic uh, education, diocesan education? It is. It, re- it is, Nick. And, uh, you know, my, my own children have gone to Catholic schools and, and, and they're now. And uh, I just saw it as an opportunity to give back some of the gifts and the talents that I have been um, afforded and blessed with. And, uh, yeah, the opportunity arose, and I was so, so grateful that the timing was perfect and my personal life and professional life that I was able to get in there, and I truly um, hope to make a difference. So did I Did I hear you right that you you left uh, the, the fair, temperate weather of California to return to Minnesota <laughs> to take this job? I did, well, we were, we were back. I was working remotely as the pandemic oh. had many of us doing, and mm-hmm. so uh, the, re- the remote work wasn't quite as gratifying, and this opportunity presented, and I, I absolutely jumped on it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, d- I don't blame you. Minnesota is beautiful. California is nice, uh, but I once uh, <laughs> once met a gentleman who grew up in California and moved to Chicago, and someone said, well, why the heck would you do that? And he said, well, fair, w- 
Fairweather's boring. You know, he's like, here, here you guys have seasons. In California, it's always sunny. It's always nice weather. That, that gets boring. So, um, That's right. I, Predictability. I can, I can understand that. Um, so is there, uh, what, uh, what in particular about this position um, kind of led you to apply for it? I know you said it was a chance to give back and, and everything like that, but specifically like the Diocese of Crookston and, and this particular position, uh, what sort of led you to, to apply for it and be interested in it? It's, well, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in the area. Um, I'm from Bemidji. And so this, mm. this is a bit of a coming home for me. Um, you know, went to St. Philip's Church. That was my home parish as a mm. child. And so having the opportunity to, to be back here with folks I know um, in schools that I'm familiar with, in an area of Minnesota that I'm familiar with. Um, and the diocese um, had a very part-time director for quite a period of time. Mm. And uh, I, was, I was willing to commit to it and this be my only job. And so, yeah, just I, I saw the need and, and, and wanted to, uh, to make that opportunity happen for myself and for the schools. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm a little fo- familiar with Catholic education and how that works in a diocese. My wife was principal at a Catholic high school uh, for a few years in the Diocese of Gaylord back in Michigan. Um, but for those who aren't familiar, I could see people looking at Catholic schools and saying, well, they already have a principal. Why do you need a, a sort of a superintendent of all the schools uh, for, on the diocesan level? Uh, how, mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain how that works? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so like I mentioned, you know, we're a small organization, and our schools are also. So the reality is a lot of our Catholic schools run on pretty tight budgets. And so our Mm. principals don't have, and their school systems don't have that money for a curriculum director. They don't Mm. have that money for a professional development specialist. You know, those funds just, they don't exist for our schools. And so um, at the diocesan level, I've been able to provide some of that. Um, I bring in a lot of years of that curriculum experience, um, uh, over a decade of experience training teachers. So when, uh, you know, our principals say, our teachers really could use a workshop on reading strategies or vocabulary. I am the first one to step up and provide that opportunity. Now, know that that's not normal in a regular public school system because right. they have those specialists. They have right. those individuals. Right. But in our, in our Catholic setting, we, you know, in, in the small area, we don't, and so I'm grateful that I'm able to provide that service to our schools. That is fantastic because, like you said, they, you know, it, Catholic schools are trying to stretch that budget uh, as much as they can, and some of these things are, are easy that, you know, it, it just doesn't exist in the budget. So it's great to have someone, especially with your experience, who's able to come in and offer these workshops and, and the planning on curriculum and all those sorts of things. That's, that's kind of the behind-the-scenes that I think people who haven't been involved in education uh, don't necessarily think of, right, as part of the whole uh, school and education experience. They know that kids got to go to school, they got to sit in classes, but don't think about all the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff uh, that goes on. Absolutely. You know, I often liken it to the training our medical professionals might have. Mm. When you when you go in for a procedure, you want to go to a doctor that is up-to-date, right? right. I want to make sure that they, <laughs> they just went to that cutting-edge uh, learning opportunity so right. they're going to do this with the most current knowledge. And we want our teachers armed with those exact same opportunities. You know, new brain research, new learning research comes out annually out of some of our most prestigious universities. And if our teachers aren't exposed to that, they don't know to do better. And so ensuring that they have that knowledge um, in their hands to to give our kids the best opportunities they have to be competitive academically is what uh, we're going to strive for. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's that's extremely important. Like you said, new research is coming out all the time. And so to have all, all the teachers, especially across the diocese, right, all the different schools firing on, this, on the same cylinders and being able to offer that, that top-tier educational experience for students is so very important. Um, if you're just joining us, Nick Medelsky broadcasting live from St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, La Costa Porter, uh, Potter, I'm going to say Porter five million times. I really <laughs> apologize for that. I don't know how it got stuck in my head, but it's there. Uh, La Costa Potter, uh, who is the director of Catholic schools for the Diocese of Crookston up there in northwest Minnesota. Um, we're going to be heading to a break soon, but before we go there, I know you. Uh, we mentioned earlier that a lot of your experience has been in the, uh, in the uh, public sector, right, public schools. Um, can you just describe a little bit of the difference? Maybe um, I know you've you've been at the diocese for six months now, but I'm sure you've gotten to see a little bit of it. Just the difference, um, you know, and and not to say anything bad about public education, obviously, but the some of the differences maybe uh, between working uh, with parochial schools versus uh, public schools. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, the number one thing is faith stands at the center of everything we do. In fact, it's a huge initiative we're about to undertake as a K-12 theology curriculum. Um, mm. But with that said, it's, it's that faith that brings us all together that is, is the, the key difference, obviously. But then I look at our families. It's, you, you don't have to look very far when you look at our families and our staff, and it truly is just a small, tight-knit community. Um, mm. Although geographically we're spread out quite large up here in northern Minnesota. <laughs> right. But it's the... You know, even as the, the director of schools, I find myself on the phone um, communicating with families weekly and just making that personal connection, whether it's me reaching out to them or them reaching out to myself. Um, I don't know that you get that as much. And in fact, I know I didn't. I don't. I spent, like I said, 18 years in public education and I never really got that. But being able to network and meet those families on a very personal level and, and having that shared faith together just changes the relationship and the dynamic of the whole school community. Yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, through my through my, my schooling, I had the opportunity to go to a parochial school, uh, be homeschooled, and go to public school. And there, you know, there's there's benefits in each each type of schooling, but definitely that that faith uh, is the focus. Um, and I love hearing about that K through 12 theology program, which is such an important component of what Catholic schools do is reinforce that primary catechesis uh, that students receive at home from their parents um, and really give them a firm understanding of their faith and be ready to go out into the world and, and, uh, and change the world, really. So that's great mm -hmm. to hear. And uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll put off talking about the, uh, the pandemic stuff <laughs> until we come back from uh, break because I know that's the question everyone wants to ask over the past two years. That's been the standard question we ask pretty much every guest on here. Well, how has the pandemic affected things? So we'll get to that after the break, though, because I'm sure that's um, there's, a, there's a lot to hear about there. And especially, you know, we're Catholic Schools Week this uh, year is a little uh, different. You know, things are maybe starting to go back to normal, although it depends where you're at. Uh, in the states, uh, but after last year, things maybe have gone back a little bit normal. So uh, I'll be excited to to hear about that, and I hope our listeners are too. Uh, the other side of the break. Uh, thanks for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning, Nick Medelsky, live at St. James Coffee in Rochester, Mona, Minnesota. Sometime I'll learn how to speak. We'll see you after the break. <laughs> 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky in wonderful Med City, Rochester, Minnesota at St. James Coffee, the one and only place to uh, buy and enjoy uh, beverages. Uh, and little treats and things like that in a wonderful Catholic setting in the city of Rochester, Minnesota. If you haven't had a chance to uh, to uh, find out more about St. James Coffee, they're on Facebook, they have a website, all kinds of wonderful things. And, of course, you're always welcome to stop by when we're broadcasting here and uh, say hi to me in person. I've got bumper stickers and uh, handouts and all kinds of wonderful things if you'd like to come <laughs> and say hi sometime. Uh, if you're just tuning in right now, La Costa Potter... I got it right this time, is on the phone with us from the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, she is the Director of Catholic Schools. And before the break, we talked a little bit about um, how she came into that role and, and what uh, what interested her uh, coming into that role. And now, as I led into the break with, I'm going to ask you that, that standard boilerplate question we wind up asking everyone <laughs> who's involved in some kind of ministry, especially education and things like that. Um, how are things going amid the ongoing coronavirus fun times that we've been in the past two years? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like to use the word thriving instead of surviving. 
um, like for it. various reasons. Yeah, the pandemic has, has caused our enrollment um, to increase hmm. two years in a row. So we're celebrating that without a doubt. Um, yeah. We have had our students in the classroom, in school, 100% so far this year. Um, of course, you know, we have small outbreaks here and there. We take right. them as they come. And whether that means the classroom has to quarantine or perhaps a couple of classrooms that were close together, um, of course, you know, dealing with those situations. But, you know, Nick, for the most part, um, you know, we collect numbers. And we have just over 1,600 students in the diocese. And so we're able to monitor what's happening pretty closely because of our size. And so being able to keep things under control, um, we're doing fantastic. I, I, I just I really am celebrating how well our schools are doing, how committed our families are to keeping students home if they're not feeling well, to ensure mm-hmm. we're not accidentally transmitting things. Um, but honestly, I, I could not be more proud of our families and our schools and uh, how we're executing things this year. That is fantastic, uh, especially on the news when you hear of so many different districts uh, that have had to you know, stop classes or go to online learning. I think uh, some of the districts in California were talking about going back to online learning even uh, now again. Uh, So it's great to hear that. I know when I talked with the director of Catholic schools down here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, she was able to share the same thing that, um, like you said, you know, because of the diligence of the parents and the support, you know, and the following the precautions and everything that, you know, all the extra stuff everyone has had to take on has really uh, had the, the fruit of children being able mm-hmm. to be in school and learn in person. So that is fantastic. And like you said, definitely worth uh, worth celebrating. Absolutely. You know, and in, in the creation of all of our mitigation documents, we bring in as, as many experts as we can, and we have our, our priests and our school leaders and working through this. And, yeah, um, just as you said, is the due diligence of everyone involved in the church and the school community that is that's making this possible. Um, we are set up, though. You know, many of our schools applied for a technology grant prior to the beginning of the school year, getting access to whether it's laptops um, or wireless um, options for students. So should we have to swing and, and do something virtually online, um, praying we're not there, but we are set up to do it if needed. So just always having that, that option, right, in, in the back of our minds, ready to rule. Right. Hope, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, Right. Um, that's, that's, uh, yes, I'm not much of a war games planner, but <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh, LaCosta Potter on the phone with me from the Diocese of Crookston uh, Catholic Schools, uh, talking about, uh, well, what else? Catholic Schools, as we're uh, just uh, next week is Catholic Schools Week, so a good chance to get a head start and uh, jump on into Catholic Schools and uh, learn more about Catholic Schools in our broadcast area. Um, shifting. Uh, topics a little bit here. Um, there was uh, a unique opportunity uh, that came up for the Catholic schools in the Diocese of Crookston to raise funds, uh, a, a foundation. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. The Richard Schultz Family Foundation um, was created by Best Buy owner Richard Schultz, and mm. he is a product of Catholic schools himself. Ah. And he created this foundation. Um, well, the, the Schultz Family Foundation gives to many, many things, but one of their focuses uh, most recently in the last five to six years in the state of Minnesota has been helping elementary Catholic schools. Um, ah. And some of the rationale that we've been given is um, elementary Catholic schools struggle financially. 
The high schools mm-hmm. seem to have it figured out, right? Whether mm. that's endowments or whether that's large donors or boosters. Right. They, they financially don't seem to struggle as much as the elementaries. But the, it's hmm. tough for the high schools to exist if the elementaries don't. So, right, um, right. Richard, yeah, Richard Schultz decided, let's help these schools out. And so it's been going on in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis for five years. And this hmm. year they decided to reach outstate Minnesota. So uh, Steve, Steve Hepner, the president of the foundation, reached out to me in June of this summer and said, well, we would like to just talk to your school. <laughs> and, and fresh so, fresh uh, on the job, right? Right. Yes, yes. Hours. <laughs> hours on the job. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did feel like this little angel kind of floated down and, and asked for these conversations. Um, but after these, these, it was wonderful. After these interviews and, and Steve meeting all of our principals and going on our campuses, um, it was kind of concluded when he came back from his board. They offered each of our schools a $25,000 challenge grant. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> it is. And for some of our smaller campuses, that's an influx of money. And so what that means to them is if you can get your school community, parish community, to raise $25,000 of new money, that's kind of the catch. Um, right. We don't want existing money to be just pushed over into this. But it was new right. money that we don't have. They would match match it dollar for dollar up to twenty five thousand. Wow! I am very very excited to report that we had a hundred percent success. All eight of our elementary schools met their match. The deadline was December thirty first. Wow! And the majority of them, the overwhelming support from our families and communities, it was just absolutely heartwarming. So you know, holding fundraising nights before. Um, the Christmas break between Thanksgiving, the holidays, and uh, you know, with a with a goal of twenty five thousand, and walking out of there with thirty six or thirty eight. I mean, just wow. Yeah, it just kind of melts your heart. You're like, oh my goodness, how wonderful are the communities in which we live? So, yeah, absolutely. That 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 shows those communities really take uh, the importance of Catholic education very seriously. Um, especially being able to raise that amount of funds. And you said it was, uh, when, when did that challenge start? Um, we were awarded the offer uh, right around the beginning of the school year. So wow. end of August, first, first of September. Wow. So September, October, November, uh, about four months uh, to make that yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. 25000 and then that's matched with the 25000 And, of course, um, you know, that's... that's uh, just a fantastic, uh, fantastic influx of funds, like you said, for for elementary Catholic elementary schools that sometimes struggle um, on that that front. Uh, what uh, what is that money going to go towards? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's it's a little individualized for each specific school, but what sorts of things are is this money going to be able to to help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it varies, right? The Schultz Foundation doesn't put a lot of parameters on it for us. They kind of leave it open. We, we obviously apply to them and they approve it. But our schools intend to spend it on things like enrollment, right? We, we do want to continue to work on this enrollment. Yes, our numbers are trending positive, but let's continue to ride that trend and keep it going. Mm. So um, advertising enrollment, um, some curriculum needs. You know, as I visited all of our schools um, this summer and fall, um, we, you know, we're working from 10- and 12-year-old textbooks. So getting some new materials in the hands of our students and making mm-hmm. sure we're using that current up-to-date research that we've right. now been exposed to. Um, other technology pieces, right? A lot of folks say, okay, we have a computer lab here, but our kids have to wait <laughs> five minutes before everything's up and running. So let's, right. let's, let's update this. And 
yeah, just, you know, things that are always kind of on the back burner. We'll do this when we get the funds. We'll do this when we get the funds. Well, now right. it's there, and, and they get to do it. So it's very exciting for our students. Absolutely. That's that's so fantastic to hear, really, uh, this that, Abel, like you said, these, these things that get pushed off on the back burner, and like you said, you know, textbooks, um, 10-year-old textbooks, it's about time to do that, but, you know, you need to have the funds to replace all those textbooks, mm-hmm. and so something like this is just such a such a wonderful influx of, of that much-needed extra funds to do some of those, I, I guess you could kind of call it capital uh, improvements, right? Um, not money mm-hmm. that's that's focused on, you know, keeping the heat on and the lights on and, and all those sorts of things, you know, payroll and all those sorts of costs that exist all the time. But that little extra influx, not little, but uh, <laughs> large influx right. of extra funding uh, to get some of those things done. So that's fantastic. Um, we're, we're about towards the end of our time together. Is there anything else, any final thoughts uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, just real quick, under that Schultz opportunity, they also provided the diocese a $50,000 match grant. Oh wow! We also, yeah, we were also were successful. So that's an influx of a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars into oh, my fantastic. budget. Fantastic, fantastic! Yeah, with that hundred thousand, we are going to undertake that 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 task I mentioned earlier, um, working on a K twelve aligned theology curriculum for all of our schools. You know, right now, much of the stuff we do is kind of an off the shelf, a little bit of a piecemeal. Which is not to say it's not good, right? These right. companies are alive because they're putting out really good materials. Right. But we want kindergartners in Detroit Lake to be receiving the same as kindergartners in East Grand Forks mm. and being able to talk that same. And every teacher, right? But the big thing is having all of those teachers have those same conversations on, okay, so what do you see kids doing? What, what, do we, what can we expect them to be doing? So knowing what those outcomes are at each and every grade level for theology. And so that, the $100,000 that the diocese has been awarded is going to go to... Um, Go to that K twelve theology curriculum and teacher training to accompany it. So we're very excited um, as that's kind of our our big project up and coming. Well, fantastic! That's wonderful to uh, to hear. Um, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Lacosta, and, and sharing all this with us. Nick, thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate being on this this show this morning. And next up on Real Presence Live, I'll be speaking with someone local, Isaac Landsteiner, who will tell us all about his work with Catholic Charities. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.